Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Dominic Copeland, the host of The Promised Land. Thank you for joining me once again. As I like to say, what better way to spend your day than in the spirit of growth and empowerment? Now, you may have noticed a couple of things. I actually have my glasses, so, <laughs> which is a big deal. I can actually see again. And today I'm dressed a little more casual. And that's because today I'm going to speak to you about a subject I believe I know well, or at least I claim to anyway. I'm going to talk to you today about myself and my path to promise. I believe it's very important for you to get to know me and get to know that in my life, I've truly walked the walk. And that is why now I talk the talk to you each and every week. So again, thank you for joining me. And if you're just joining, um, I hope a friend or someone, Martians or aliens have told you by now about the show and then to tune in. Uh, if not, welcome, glad to have you. So I look forward to us getting to know each other a great deal more as I share with you part of my personal story and journey towards promise. Now the promised land itself is about God's dream for humanity, each and every one of us, a better way to a better tomorrow that starts today. It is the understanding and achievement that through who we are and what we stand for, we can unlock these great gifts God has entrusted us with, our divine inheritance, so that we may be Invictus, the master of your fate and the captain of your soul. And in doing so, we'll be able to once again be self-reliant, living a life of value that is full of purpose and meaning, and abundant not just in wealth, but in significance. As I quoted before, love him or hate him from our president, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. And in saying that, before I move forward and talk a little more about myself, I have to talk a little bit about some other things that have been happening and going on. I'm sure you've been hearing stories about what's been happening out there in the world. For a lot of us today, we're in trouble from the shootings that you see continually and all the nonsense that's been going on, all the madness. It seems like the world's becoming a much darker and darker place in some ways. There's a lot of joy and light, but there's a lot of darkness too that's been spread. And before I really get into myself, I wanted to share this with you because it's very important. My mother, when I was young, now before this madness started, I don't know how old I was, maybe 10 or younger, and we were just sitting in a room watching TV, and she just started to talk to me about you know, the future. And she said, out of the blue, humanity will start to devour itself. She said, mother will turn against child, child will turn against mother, father against family, and humanity will start to eat itself alive. And at the time, I thought she was just saying stuff or just crazy, I don't know. My mom liked to say crazy stuff every so often, so <laughs> I wasn't sure what to believe at that point. Uh, but as it turns out, from what I see today, uh, I find her words to ring very true. Uh, there's a lot of darkness, a lot of shootings, people who feel the only way to be important is to go out there and hurt other people, to take from other people, to maim other people. There was even a shooting where a guy had a camera and he's out there shooting other people on live TV and then he's recording it himself and putting it on social media. Unless we're able to do something about this, we're gonna continue down this dark path. I've seen what the future holds for us and it's not a great one if we continue forward the way that we are today. That's why I'm here. That's why I talk to you each and every week about the promised land 
because this is the way that we're going to make that change that's going to bring light to this world. That's going to make a great difference. With that being said, this is my path. This is my story. It's dark, wet, and cold. No, I'm not talking about outside or even the weather. This is the way I felt within my soul as I awoke to another day that did not seem to matter, fighting for things that seemed to have lost their meaning. It's February of 2011. My mother has just passed away two days before the last Christmas. I have subjected myself to an abusive job where I felt every day they were working to dim the lights of my very soul. I was personally lost in more ways than one. I was crying on the inside, suffering a slow, painful dying of my spirit. My mother had a dream. And now that she was gone, life did not seem to make sense anymore. How could she have worked so hard and instilled such belief in me? And now it was just over, she was gone. The dream I fought for my entire life seemed to be some sort of myth. And I was left to deal with the reality of my situation. A new reality that the riches I sought through working hard and sacrificing my soul, my happiness and my joy would never come. Lost in my heart and soul like many people who are trying to make it today. Trapped in a life where our sole purpose, what defines who we are and what we stand for, is the job we occupy, is our salary and the things that we own. I felt like my soul was solely passing before me, dying a slow, agonizing death, lost in a haze of wanting more and never having enough. You see, I know many of you wake up every morning struggling to get out of bed to go to a job, hoping that the time will pass quickly, giving your, your all against all the odds, against the changing economy and factors outside of your control, feeling like you are subjects to factors that you have no say in. It's almost like a hero fighting against the odds, a weary, tired soul trying to make enough money to pay the rent or mortgage and juggle the bills. I thought there was this dream, this dream that you go to college, check that box, get a job, I check that box, work your way up the, heart, the ladder, which has become hard to do today because jobs want to pay you less, even though they want you to do more while the prices for everything else just continue to skyrocket. The next thing you know, the bills pile up, you begin to feel choked and smothered in your own life, drowning in your own efforts. When the money is there, it helps. But sometimes what you have to go through to get the money, the sacrifices to who you are and what you stand for are just not enough. Truly life has lost its meaning, its purpose and its vision. Today we live to exist and we exist to work. It seems almost like I have become a battery being drained of its resources used to keep the system going. Now, President Obama said in his acceptance speech, focusing your life solely on making a buck shows a certain poverty of ambition. It asks too little of yourself because it's only when you hitch your wagon to something larger than yourself that you begin to realize your true potential. This is how I was feeling in 2011. Like I had hitched my wagon to all the wrong things, asking too little of myself, and I personally just needed more. 
I needed to find a way to realize the true potential of my life, to realize my promised land. There was something missing. I felt a longing in my heart and my soul, something I have felt my entire life. I wanted more than money. My heart, my soul, my spirit has always wanted more, wanted to be expressed, wanted to be acknowledged. My light, the God within me, wanted to take its rightful place in my life. It wanted to be acknowledged. It wanted to live. And I wanted to live for a purpose, on purpose, not simply existing, but thriving. My uniqueness, I needed to be acknowledged. And I wondered, what if we could marry the two? Our purpose with how we earn our living. Our purpose with how we earn our living. A promised land all our own. My friends, I believe God is calling to us to awaken to the gifts and promise we have been granted. My mother was one of the greatest influences on my life. No, she was not perfect. She was far from it. But she was wonderful in her own right. She was a fighter. She was a comedian, a creative spirit, and just overall a special person. And my mother was about standing up for what she believed in, being a good person and caring for the welfare of others. She oftentimes found herself helping others that were not there when she needed them most but that never deterred her from being there for someone else. Like I said, she wasn't perfect. She made her mistakes. She stumbled, but she did her best to get back on track. My mother lived in Reading, Pennsylvania. It's a town up in the foothills of Pennsylvania, where to this very day, the leader of a hate group still lives. She grew up during the March for Civil Rights, when as an American of a darker skin color, you didn't even have the right to vote. Her parents were from the heart of oppression in Georgia, where my mother was originally born and lived before coming to Reading. And while in Reading, she often told me stories of how hate groups marched up and down the streets of Reading, Pennsylvania, dressed in white, carrying guns as they promoted fear and hatred. She told me about the car bombs that they would place for people that stood up against them. My mother told me of the day she heard Dr. King had been shot and killed, murdered for what he believed in. And eventually she ended up joining the Black Panther Party, which was a militant group of African-Americans that carried their own guns, standing up for what they believed in. And whereas my friends, I don't advocate guns or violence, I do understand that my mother was standing up for what she believed in the best way that she knew how against the odds that she was presented with. And that is the type of environment I originally grew up in. So growing up for me was not easy. I don't think it is for anyone. At times, life felt like a constant fight against the odds. We were what many would call poor. And I say that because I don't believe it is money that makes you poor or rich. I believe truly it's the depth of your spirit, the girth of your character, and the measure of your belief and the faith you display in continually seeking to better your life, others and the world around you. If you lack these things, then you truly are impoverished. Lack of money I see as more of an opportunity to achieve through overcoming and growing yourself. The change, challenge, and growth principle of the promised land. My mother in an attempt to better not only her life, but that of me and my two younger brothers checked herself into a rehab center. 
It was done secretly and spur of the moment as my brothers and I were separated and went to live with different family members. See, one night we were all taken to our grandmother's house and there there were different family members. My mother was not amongst them. And we were just separated and sent to live with different family members. At the time, we did not even know that my mother was in rehab. And as I cried myself to sleep that night, at the age of seven, I thought I would never see my mother again. I thought she had passed away. It was a tough time for my family, but my mother made the sacrifices ne necessary to give us a chance at a better life. Two years from that day that we were last together, I would be reunited with my mother. She was a single mother doing her best to make a way in the world for not only herself, but these three other lives that had come to depend on her. And at the time, my mother was in her early 30s. She's younger than I am right now. And it was amazing the odds that she faced and the fight that she displayed to pave a way for us. My mother worked as much and as she could and as hard as she could. She fought for everything that she could for us, but often it was just not enough. We, we ended up bouncing between hotels and the Salvation Army in Norristown, Pennsylvania, a shelter for people without homes. And even in these hotels, we had different types of people. There was prostitution, but I never personally saw it because my mother always kept us protected. And even at the time, we didn't think of ourselves as homeless. I still don't even to this day because my mother always made sure that we had a roof over our heads. But around this time in my life was the first time I really knew my life was different from my friends and other people that I went to school with. This truly became clear to me one day at my locker area while I was in fourth grade at uh, Gottwalls Elementary in Norristown. I was confronted in front of my classmates, uh, my peers and my friends. One of my friends came up to me with a crowd of people behind him and, and said, hey, this person is trying to say that you live in the Salvation Army. I told him that's not true. And he had this, he had this confused, almost heartbroken look in his face, like he was almost about to cry. And I personally, I was just thoroughly embarrassed, ashamed and sad. Not knowing what to do or how to handle the situation, too embarrassed to admit it, I got angry. I flowed my arms and threw down my school bag and nearly went crazy like a maniac. After that, no one ever asked me about it again. And it was like I found fool's gold. So I learned to use my anger to protect myself. I learned to use a rough exterior to keep people at a distance and protect the part of myself that was vulnerable, that was ashamed. But still through all this, I continued to believe believed that everything that I was going through was for a reason. And that's what kept me going through all the trials and tribulations of my life. Even back then, I believed, like many of you, that my life was meant for more. That was a reason and a purpose for my existence. My life was not random and my existence was not meaningless. This I knew. I knew that I knew that I knew. And I also knew, no matter my situation, that my life mattered and that I was important. God had a plan for me, just as God has a plan for each and every one of you. And that night in the Salvation Army, I was still away to the large bay windows that overlooked the city. 
was over in a lowly corner where I would not be bothered. And I was high above the madness of my everyday reality. And it was there that I would dream. I would look to the stars and I would see myself in the future, successful and happy with a family and kids that didn't have to go through the things that I did. I even felt like the future was calling to me, telling me to hold on, to just hold on and keep going. I felt my future self telling me to continue forward, to stay the course, Dom, because if I didn't, he could never be. He could never exist unless I had the strength to move forward. He needed me. And I realized that what I did in those times, it mattered to what would happen tomorrow. And I knew that somehow all of my struggles served a greater purpose. So I held on through the tears, through the pains and the disappointments. I continued to believe. I continued to keep the faith in myself and the purpose that I have here on this earth. God had something greater in store for me. And still the journey was not easy. And I have made and will make many mistakes along the way. I can remember being on the school bus in middle school and somehow I got into this altercation with another student. <laughs> and like most altercations, it didn't end well. I was trying to force my will on him because I felt I was being challenged. It was this, I was back in that hallway being confronted about living in the Salvation Army again. So I reacted the best way I knew how, in anger. The kid's name was Matt and he ended up with some ripped clothing and overall it was just a situation that just never should have happened. Even the school bus driver pulled me to the side and said how disappointed that he was. He told me that he relied on me to help govern the order on the bus and keep things in line, not be part of the madness and chaos. I was even told later on in high school by one of our security guards, Mr. George, after another disappointing show of behavior, he said to me that I was one of the good guys. And I looked at him and I laughed and I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> what you're talking about? because I did not believe him at the time, but it was the beginning of me starting to believe. I thought maybe, just maybe, what if I am? What if I am one of the good guys? And that began my, my journey as far as my character, growing myself as a better person. And all the way up through my high school years, life was a battle. I definitely was one of the, what you call trouble kids. I failed my junior year. My life was a mess or turmoil and chaos. I didn't think I would live to make it out of my teenage years. And I never thought I would make it to C25. My mother had an abusive boyfriend who I often had to contend with. Living in Conchac and PA, I rebelled against the school, the police and life in general. I was harassed by the police. It seemed like daily at odds with the entire school system. I can remember when we moved from Norristown, more of an inner city type school, where I was in the gifted classes, to Conchahawken, more of an upper middle class school type of environment, where they dropped me down to all lower level classes. And I was at odds with the school for ever since then. I was at odds what I felt their perception of me was. I was lost in many ways trying to find myself but somehow, even then, I continued to believe. 
I remembered those days in the Salvation Army, looking out the windows, and I just held on. I held on through all the pain and teenage angst and my mounting anger. Even when I felt like I no longer wanted to live, that it seemed too painful to carry on, and I hurt too much inside. At my worst, God pulled me through, and I just kept believing. And God also put great people in my life, including my teachers and guidance counselors like Miss Tamborello and Mr. Wills, and my mentor, the late Russ Brown, to my father figure, Andre Dawson, and, and many good friends who helped to see me through. And real quick, I'll tell you a story about my one friend uh, when I was in middle school, eighth grade. There was a, a music class, and in order to pass that class, I had to turn in uh, my final paper. And for some reason, instead of turning that in, I got angry with the teacher and I just balled it up and threw it in the trash. And I wouldn't have passed, I would have been held back. But my friend went over there and said, no, you're not gonna do that. He grabbed the, tr the paper out of the trash, unwrinkled it and handed it to the teacher for me. They say it takes a community to raise a child. In many cases, it definitely did to, uh, to raise me. My friends and the people around me, God included, did all they could to keep me believing in myself to show me better, that a better way was possible, to show me that the great talents that I had for writing, speaking, and creativity meant something, and to push me to believe in me. Without them, I would not be here today. And I thank God for each and every one of them every day. I could have easily taken a darker path in life. I have friends and family members who did. Some are no longer alive, others are incarcerated, others are just lost. I was blessed for not following that path. I know God had something more in store for me, and that's the path that I wanted to follow. To say that I was a trouble or at risk is an understatement. I was gifted in many ways because of my desire and my thirst for learning. And God gave me these amazing gifts and I had to do something positive with them. In school, by my senior year, most of the subjects that I went to I had pretty much given up on. When I first got to high school, my goal was to go to college. I wanted it that bad. My first year, I had all A's and B's in high school. After that, the turmoil of my life caught up with me. To such a degree that I passed high school on the last day, during my last class, the final test by the last question. And even then, I think because I had been accepted to college already, on the condition that I passed, the teacher gave me the go ahead. And that was just another great blessing from God. And when I went to college, I began to find my stride. Now, the great thing about college, outside of the high tuition rates that you have to pay these days, but the great thing about it is, uh, in many ways, you have the freedom to become what you desire to be. You can pick the courses that you want, the major, the hours you go to class, when you study, the social activities, and the leadership activities that you want. There's a whole abundance of things for you to do both good and bad, so you gotta be careful. But I took full advantage of it, using every opportunity to grow myself. I felt like my hard work and belief over the years was beginning to pay off. And when I graduated from high school, the town paper did an article on me called Crafting Words to Change the World. And it was based on the challenges that I had to overcome to get to that point in my life. Now my friends, life is not an easy process. We all go through our challenges, and if we stay the course built upon a solid foundation of moral integrity, character, and faith, we can not only stem the tide,
but turn the tide in our favor. And that is where the first three principles of the promised land arrived from. Now, for the time being, that's plenty. There's more about me than I'm going to tell you down the road, uh, some of the challenges and things that brought me to where I am. But I just wanted to at least share this part of myself with you and let you know that the promised land comes from somewhere deeper, from a true understanding of what's actually happening today and what you need to overcome it. As we continue on our journey here up this mountain and onto the promised land, I will do just that. But I don't want to give you everything at once. It won't make sense. Not yet. But soon, my friends, it will. And that's when I will share it with you. But for the next time, be excited, friends. We have self-education and self-empowerment. This is going to really open up your eyes to a whole new world of reality that is right before you, here in front of you. I'm going to show you how to open your eyes and see your world for what truly can be. There's plenty of opportunity right here before you. If you want to learn how to be educated and change the situations of your life without the humongous student loan bills, then meet me here next week and I'll show you exactly how to do that. So stay tuned. We've got a lot of great things in store together. God bless you on your journey to promise. I'll talk to you soon.